omelette de fromage. I did GCSE French. That's that's yeah. obvious. That's mm, clear. Yeah. I got, I got a B in it. Really? Yeah. I got a B in it. Yeah. 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 A B means you're much better. La weekend yeah. dernière, je suis allé au cinéma avec mes amis. Mashallah. Is this what you remember from just from GCSE? J'adore, j'adore une tasse de café, s'il vous plaît. You know the only thing I remember. Poulon. I I asked my teacher, how do you say I don't understand? Je ne comprends pas. For some reason, this is the only thing I remember. <laughs> But it gets me out of trouble. What about French, though? Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, bienvenue sur le podcast de Islam 21C. Je m'appelle Salman Bhatt. Uh, il s'appelle Ahmed Hamouda. J'habite en maison. Uh, nous sommes en France. Uh, le France. Ahmed Hamoud and I uh, what might be the last few days of our membership of the European Union we thought we'd try our best and sneak in a, a quick trip to uh, Le France um, rinse our privileges before yeah. they're taken away from us do you feel But free uh, Dr. Salman having entered France I feel the land of, of freedom liberté. you know apparently and, here you can do anything you like you can say anything you like Really? And you can wear anything you like apart from a bikini. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I wasn't planning on wearing one of those. Please, no. And you can say anything you like, so long as you're not Professor Tariq Ramadan. Speaking of Professor Tariq Ramadan, what a coincidence. SubhanAllah. <laughs> we, we, we came across Dr. Professor Tariq Ramadan. Assalamu alaikum, Shaykh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very nice to Ça va? Alhamdulillah. Ça va bien, merci. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, we're really happy that you uh, invited us to your home. Alhamdulillah. Zakhlah khair. Um, Ahmed is a big fan. Um, me, myself, I'm just kidding, a big <laughs> fan as well. Um, you've been through uh, a lot. We want to kind of um, use this time to get your stories out, get some of your lessons out that you've from from the from, you know the thing that you've experienced recently. But um, Ahmed had a few questions before we start because um, he's aware of your work, you know, about um, identity and being a European Muslim and your background from uh, being an, uh, of Egyptian heritage. So Ahmed was wondering, you know. Um, how Egyptian are you really? And how French are you? And we were having this kind of wager on the way here that um, I would I, I was pretty confident that you'd prefer a croissant or maybe a pan au chocolat over a... Ta'amiya. Ta'amiya? Ta'amiya sandwich. Ta'amiya sandwich. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but because I'm, sure I, sure I'm familiar with pan au chocolat and croissant, You know nothing about Tamiya. Oh, no. No. No, no, I, I, I like both, to tell you the truth. So uh, I still think that uh, dealing with this, I, I, I kept on repeating for years, and I, I still think that that's the reality, that uh, <coughs> the, the, the political climate and the cultural climate uh, is pushing us to just say, oh, what is your identity? Who mm. are you as one thing? which I think this is the wrong way of putting uh, things. The starting point as a principle, who are you? I say, 
I'm a believer, I'm a muahid. La ilaha illallah everywhere on earth. <coughs> I'm an atheist. It, yes, yeah. and it does it mean that uh, this the, 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 the pillar of my identity is who I am, whatever I am. Now, there are many other dimensions that are mm-hmm. we are taking from the surrounding cultures, societies, histories, memories, and we have multiple identities with one pillar. So the mm-hmm. pillar of Tawheed is one, one Islam. But now the cultural dimension means that, mm-hmm. as I was saying, Tamiya is part of my culture because I like it and it's part of my memory. So mm-hmm. I'm Egyptian by memory, by taste, mm-hmm. and by the cultural dimension. But at the same time, I'm a European. And you are European. The, the way you are joking mm. together right now in front of me, <laughs> this is not Pakistani or, or mm. Asian. This is very much a European mm. way of... Uh, so you are culturally from here. Mm. But to be from here culturally doesn't mean that you are no longer from there mm. on all the dimensions that are bringing you. So, so we have to be very clear on this. Universality of Islam is the unity of the main principle of Tawheed and the diversity of all the identities that we have wherever we are. Mm. So we take from wherever. Everything which is good on earth is ours. Mm-hmm. So we have multiple identities. It's, it's fascinating, Professor, that the, the vast majority of the famous companions died outside of Medina. Uh, and uh, I heard in one report that up to 400 companions are buried in one city in Damascus. And we have some buried as far as Turkey, and uh, these, this is the first generation. They saw it as, a, as their own burden to spread Islam despite the huge benefits in dying in the city of the Prophet. So maybe sure. this, this emphasizes that point of uh, universality of Islam. Um, and uh, maybe this is what distinguishes it from the other religions. Like maybe uh, Judaism, they monopolized many of the aspects of it to a particular ethnicity, particular mm. creed. Maybe with Christianity to a particular era, Western Europe, mm. um, no, and the white man, the Orthodox mm. kind of um, traditions, Hinduism, an obvious one, the Indus Valley. But the thing with Islam is, it's a verb. It's not based on a named after a person or a place. Salam, guys. Sorry to butt in, eh? But if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islamtunancy.com forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. It's a verb and and we can add to this that uh, we have a very specific definition of universality, which is not us as uh, a specific culture, us as a specific language, us as a specific history. It's us as believers <coughs> and understanding that we are connected to God and he's telling us, Ardullahi wa sa'a. So go ever, wherever you are, wherever you go, I'm here. Mm. I'm here. And for me, you know, when I was in jail, I remembered what the judge said in Egypt to because he was uh, uh, spreading and, and distributing uh, flyers about uh, you know, a demonstration. And he told him, look, if you want to end up with us, just find one cell, whereas there is no God, empty of God. You are not going to find, because Allah is everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
So the point here that he was responding to this means that if you are repressed, or if you are attacked, or if you are free, get it right. Wherever you are, you are a believer, so you are with God. This is the centrality mm. of, this is the universality of your message saying, with this, in my heart, I can take from wherever. So it's not based on my ethnicity. It's not based on my color. It's not based on my memory. It's not based on my history. It's based on my humanity. And more importantly, it's in my heart. And the heart has no color, no social status. We are all equal. And the only thing that is going to defer or is going to just mm -hmm. uh, create a hierarchy between us with mm -hmm. Allah is the in piety in and economical, in the exactly. it's, it's, it's your mm -hmm. taqwa it's your God consciousness and your God's awareness Allah's awareness in your heart and that's very important for us to repeat this and especially now because we are in societies now you live in the UK mm -hmm. I live in France now have no option <laughs> because I cannot mm -hmm. leave this country and you see around you that the people are scared so when you are colonized by fear Mm. This Tawheed is your liberation. Uh, uh, it's the way you can liberate yourself and come back to the universality yeah. because fear is stressing on our differences. Mm. Universality mm. is stressing on our similarities. And this is the message of Islam. The so thing about universality though, I mean, it, it's a bit of a dangerous one as well. I mean, um, you know, like the whole thing of you know, where, where on earth do, do you not have Chinese food? You know, mm. is in China mm. because they just call it food, mm. right? But yeah. so to mark something, make means to provincialize it, and to universalize something, um, kind of it. It could be that somebody is just trying to create a false universal, like the whole you know colonization, white supremacy, imperialism. Yeah, you're that right. That was based on the you're idea. You're right. If and only if mm. you confuse universality with imposing one dimension of this universality. What I'm saying is mm. exactly the opposite. Universality is based on acceptance of diversity. Mm. Why Islam is a universal message? Because with Tawheed, which is the only universal principle on earth that you have to get, La ilaha illallah means, my universality is integrating diversity on an equal footing. Everything is which is good everywhere on earth is mine. So it's mm. not my culture imposed onto you. It's my principle sharing your principles and bringing together our common principles of good, which is completely different. And accepting good wherever you find exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. And that, you know, I have a very simple way mm. of putting this in the discussion. Say, you have a good idea? Mm. It's mine. <laughs> you have a bad idea? It's yours. Keep it for you. Mm. So that that's the... You know, intellectually speaking, it means what? It means that at the very beginning, the the Prophet the Sahaba, they were intellectually open to everything. This good idea is ours. Intellectually, they were aware. So deep, deep with your faith and open with your mind, and you get this: that the good, that wisdom, is the last property. Of the Muslims, so so it's a saying. It's not the hadith. So do we we take this as something which is essential in our mindset, in the way we deal with this, mm. and this is why the people are, you know, they are scared of people who are not scared. 
Because we are not scared. Yeah. This I'm, I, I'm not scared of being a European. Say, mm. what's 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 the point? There's not a problem. And by doing this, by spreading peace, you have people who are ready for war. So but you mean you're not um, even even if one uses Tawheed as a kind of central universal to be accepting and 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 reach out to others, there still has to be obviously that line where obviously if somebody disagrees with Tawheed. There is at that level a kind of us and them, no? Yes, of course. I mean, that, that's the mm. starting point. Is is you know uh, one of the great uh, specialists of uh, Islam in in Japan, Izutsu, was mm. saying, in fact, the Islamic paradigm is based on dichotomy. It's Tawhid versus not believing in God, and for us, that's clear. Is that mm. now? The starting point is there is Tawheed and there is for us the centrality of God. Now, does it mean that we are at war with mm. everybody who is saying no? I say no. The point is that lakum dinukum What is going to come between you, I mm. will never accept for you to oppress or to be unjust. If our relationship is based on Ahd, principles, agreement, that's fine. Mm. Go your way, I will go my way. So, with a very clear understanding of the centrality of Tawheed, everything after this is mm. based on a legal agreement. A legal agreement that we, it's not only about, you know, it's not only about uh, tolerance. You know, this word of tolerance, if you think about it, it's a problem for us. Islam requires more than tolerance. Why? Because by saying, I acknowledge the fact that you are here, that you don't believe in God. Who told me this? Not the reality. Allah, in his book, is telling me, you will have believers and people who don't believe. And you have to deal with it. So it's not my tolerance. I'm not suffering your presence. I have to deal with it by the very essence of Allah's message. That's it shouldn't essential. It, uh, professor, shouldn't it, though, trouble us that uh, we are here in the West with the message of Tawheed, which we believe it to be the message of salvation, and others still see us as a foreign entity, see the message as a foreign entity, despite if we, if we surrender to the fact that Islam is universal, it, it uh, means that Allah has created human beings to accept Islam. So there is no reason for them to reject it except one of two things. Either they are doing it out of stubbornness or they are doing it out of our inability to clarify the message to them. So surely there needs to be more insistence on delivering the message of Islam and we should be troubled if people don't accept it. It troubles me to see my fellow colleagues go to the hellfire, Mathalan, or to see this, my fellow sinners be punished and so on. And Even I think suffer in this life. Yeah, uh, but you have, you, you have to deepen... Your understanding here. Because, you know, you say we have to be troubled by what is happening. Look at what happened at the very beginning. The Prophet was from the people of Mecca. When he and the people around him accepted Islam and came with Islam, they were made strangers in their own society. You are saying we are perceived as people who are not from the society. 
he was from mm. the society. Mm. He came with Tawheed and then they say, you are not one of us. So it's even deeper. It's even more troubling. So the point here is that the very moment you are going to say the word of Tawheed and coming back to the principle here, the very moment you start with this, you should know that even some of your people, your people, culturally speaking, mm. historically speaking, are going to say you are not one of us. So you are in Britain, you are born here, you come with a Tawheed, and you are troubled by the fact that people are saying, who are you? You're not you one of us. You kind of signed up to this by being a Muslim in the first that, place. That's, that, yeah. that, 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 that happened <laughs> exactly the opposite. It was even uh, deeper and more troubling at the very beginning, mm. that you are my brother, you know, yeah out of blood, <coughs> and now you are no longer my brother because you decided to be a Muslim and to say la ilaha illallah. Knowing this, remembering this, which, in, you know, a dhikr is to remember Allah, but a dhakira is to get teachings from history. And we are not doing this. We don't understand that people from the same family, when one said la ilaha illallah, he was going to kill him he because you are a danger. You are in danger for what? For my own peace, but also for the power, the structural power within the society. You come. Mm. And the people are saying, you know what, these Muslims, they are coming now, there are millions in this continent. So it's a reverse mm. colonial presence. They are coming back now and they are going to take over. Yeah, it, it's, Professor, it's because Islam, in its nature, is a reformist religion. It doesn't accept the norms of any other system. It comes to change. So... I, I completely sympathize with us trying to assimilate or to accept the other, but there needs to be an element of challenging the other's norms and customs and to change them. Uh, and that means we're going to become uh, unpalatable. Is that the right mm, word? Yeah, or <laughs> unpopular. Tasteless. Uh, I, I, I would say you are right and wrong. Mm. And I think that if you put it like this, you are going to be you know, perceived as scary for the society. If you say, I'm here to change period, and you don't explain what you mean by this. What I'm saying, and I, I would go along what you are saying, is that, you know, look, I'm here, and what you will find me doing by being here, I'm not going to reject everything in your society. Once again, I come back to the very origin of Islam, the Prophet, peace mm. be upon him, entering into Medina. He didn't change everything. He looked at the society. Everything which was good was kept. <clears throat> but what also happened is that the first thing he's, he did, first, you know, setting an, and building a mosque, I think that this is something which mm -hmm. was important. But the second thing he did was to go to the market and to start changing the rules. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Power, it's not only in the power structure the political side of the equation money is essential mm -hmm. if you say to the people here in the in the europe we came we settled down and now we are going to change and say okay we got you and like you want to take over we're yeah. not saying this we are going to to build on what is already good in this society so yeah. we are an added value to the society based but on eventually ethics. i mean if if somebody works against oppression against the against you know the problems the social ills in society 
those who stand to benefit from the status quo will eventually paint them as extremists, as some kind of fifth column, as some kind of uh, invading force and using these narratives. That's exactly Even though our narrative is what we're bringing, the suggestions, the changes, the improvements we're suggesting, is good for you. It's good for business, it's good for society. Yeah. The more Islam, yeah, the right. better. The first thing that you have to do is to explain just what you said. It's mm. not only good for me, it's good for us. Because we are trying to reform the society for the better. Mm. Now get it right. An agent of peace, wherever she or he is, should be ready for war. That's mm -hmm. the reality of jihad is not a call for war. It's a call for peace. We are agents of peace. What we want is justice, peace. Inner peace, social peace, political peace, international mm -hmm. peace. But to do this, you have to resist the oppressors, the people who are ready to kill, the people who are ready to colonize. And, so and, you and have those to be who uh, may prevent the message from reaching their people because... Uh, if we, again, go back to the universality of Islam, we need to give the privilege of the da'wah to everyone. There will be forces on earth who prevent the ummah from being able to spread the da'wah. Mm. So there has to be an element of, mm. call it uh, active jihad, um, aggressive jihad, not to impose the ideology on the citizens, but to remove the forces who stop the citizens from being able to hear the words of Allah. And this, I mean... Um, I, I feel that this uh, uh, privilege is given to all of the systems apart from Islam. So they want uh, others will want to spread democracy by force in certain regions of the world, and others will want to spread other communist ideologies. But it stops at the doors of Islam. You must only resist. Yeah, I, I agree, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't use the word that you used. <laughs> By saying, no, 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 Be, but English, that's essential. The English that's language essential. is a bit poor. No, 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 but that, that's essential. You know, part of the equation is the words that you are using. Mm. And remember, when you study the Quran, you know how words matter. That's, you know, that the verse is put in that way and that this word is coming mm. after that one means something that you need to get, okay, you have to, to deal with it. When you read from the Quran that the way words are put matters, you have to check your mouth and you have to check mm. the way you, you speak. So this is why, if for example you say an aggressive jihad, and I say, you know what? I would say a wise jihad. Why is why? Because you are true. All the means of information now, we know where they are and who is now controlling this. These people with money and everything. Now, we may not have the money, but we have the numbers. We may not have the money, but we have the skills. Look at what we are doing now. What we are doing now is to find another channel to let the people hear what we have to say. Yeah. So, when you are facing the enemies, you have to prepare yourself. It's not just to look at their means and to use the same. It might be that the white jihad is, okay, I got you. You are coming from here, I'm going to come from there. Mm -hmm. So while I'm going to use other means, and this is wisdom. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is also, if I don't have the means to face your power, mm -hmm. let me check my mind to find another mm -hmm. counter power. And we are now dealing, you know, all what I'm doing, while 
before I, I went to jail, I, I started thinking about a book on the Manifesto of Islamic Liberation Theology. Mm. And the main concern for me around this is that the liberation theology, it's around the concept of counterpower. So it's not to be obsessed with the power, it's to understand the way you deal with counterpower dynamics. One of them has to do with media. One mm. of them you say, the, why don't they want us to speak out? be vocal because mm. they know the power of what we have to say if you say for example you know what you are black or white you are asian you are whatever i'm on the side of the oppressed mm -hmm. because la ilaha illallah means in my heart wherever i am i'm on the side mm. of the oppressed muslim or people of other faiths and you call it liberation uh, professor i mean many yeah. many people will see uh, imposing religious doctrine on them uh, a type of, especially in the in the institution of a state, a type of theocracy, a type of restriction. So uh, you are using a word which is accepted in the Western narrative, which is liberation, to uh, introduce something which is considered restrictive. So how, maybe some people, non-Muslims listening, would be asking, how can something like a theology be a liberation? But but we we might here disagree on our understanding. I have a question for you now. What are you going to impose? I mean, I would call it the liberation because no, 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 you, you are no, no, liberating no, no, no. people from I, their I don't, I don't lusts want to, and desires no, and don't so on. Pl let us don't play, mm. avoid playing with words. Okay. Mm -hmm. What you as a Muslim, a British Muslim, or living in Britain, what are you going, what are you going to impose into people? I think we need to impose the right to speak. It has to be imposed, otherwise... The right to speak. So, so you, are not you are not imposing mm. a thought. You are not lifting, imposing a system. A you are, exactly. Okay. You are lifting an imposition to keep quiet. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. So it's not to impose. Yeah. Because if you use the word impose, the understanding is, oh yes, that's fine. You, will, you want to bring us to the time of theocracy. And by the way, Islam is not a theocracy. Theocracy has to do with Christianity, not with Islam. Mm. Not with Islam. We are not confusing the, the clergy system with the state no. system. We are not doing this. We are for election from... The, this is the way it was done, you know, the majority process, even with the fatwa. We are not coming with one deciding for all. Oh, it's not there is no pope deciding a fatwa for the, for the world. No, that, mm. that's wrong. So even a sheikh does not impose his fatwa. Mm -hmm. His fatwa is a proposal. Mm -hmm. So what are you imposing? So be careful, because the way we speak sometimes <coughs> reinforces the perception that we are bringing back mm. old Christianity, all yeah. imposing Christianity, no. while no. we are trying to say we are coming with Islamic liberation, which means we are freeing your heart and your mind. And what does it mean? Be free to think. No. Be free to speak. Be free to travel. Be free to decide even your religion. No. Because this no. is the very essence of Islam. I cannot no. impose onto you to believe. So it's your free choice. Let us start with this. But isn't, isn't, uh, I think part of the problem is, you know, is the coincidence of the word religion as well in a European okay. context. If you tell somebody Islam is a religion... Uh, so was Christianity. We're bringing, we're talking on behalf of some kind of religion, spreading it in whatever way. 
the 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 average kind of European mind will just um, see flashbacks and and echo and hear echoes of of what they understood as religion, i.e., Catholicism or some kind of repressive clergy or, or Christian kind of Christendom. You so are right, but but this is where instead of only coming with our understanding of religion. Mm. In fact, let me put it that way. The way we understand definitions and words for us is very natural and very consistent. Because in our understanding, there is no contradiction. It's clear what we mean. You mean in Arabic? Or in, in our we, No, terms. no, in our semantic and words and, and from Arabic to even our understanding. Mm. Now you have an understanding of religion coming from the Christian tradition. Instead of saying, you know what, in Islam, religion, it's not mm. enough because it's beyond, you know, the, the, the cult or the, 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 the spiritual practices. It's, it's much more about our relationship with the world. Mm. When you say this, in Islam you tend to let the people think that what you think in Islam is not what is in Christianity. Mm. I'm doing the opposite. This is where the, where the mix-up uh, has happened. Yes, Definitely. but I, 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 my strategy, my intellectual strategy to open up minds in mm. the West is, uh, okay, come, I have, to tell you, I have a question for you mm. as a Christian. Are you with God on Sunday and with the devil on Monday? Are you not trying on Monday to implement the ethical values that you had on Sunday? Mm. So if you are trying your best to be ethically consistent with your spiritual life on Monday, on Tuesday, does it mean that your understanding of religion should be widened? Mm. I never heard a Christian telling that's completely silly. Of course they understand that. Mm. This is what we say. That is say. You know, between your prayers, you should be consistent with God. So with Allah, and, and, and that's the point. So sometimes when people are throwing at you definitions or questions, mm. I always, my intellectual positioning is to question the questions mm. and to redefine the definitions. Mm. Because part of the jihad today, that I call the wise jihad, he is an intellectual jihad. It has to do with semantics and definitions. And our starting point would say, you know, about this, but not only this. Or for example, say, okay, you want to talk about terrorism? Come, sit down. Let us talk about mm. the definitions. Because state terrorism, just to go and to kill 500,000 Iraqi because you close the borders and there is uh, uh, this boycott. How do you call it? Mm. This is terrorism without weapons and it's the terrorism of the powerful but it's terrorism because you are killing innocent people it's the power because of the discourse sorry it's the power of the discourse it's the power of the narratives it's the power of the, the, the that's why the person who you know is speaking the person who gets the privilege of uh, making those definitions or using them they but can I, they can you are right but I, I would say for the your young are. generations of mm. uh, western muslims I would like them to be aware mm. that the starting point of everything with the Tawheed is to be intellectually and verbally equipped mm. 
to challenge the definitions because the starting point is mm. just if you, if you just look at the at the way you know you know how it started after September the 11th when they say we have <coughs> the victims of the terrorism so the president of the United States of America is saying we are victims you are victims with all mm. what you all the, the bloodshed and what you are doing around the world you present yourself as victims you have to stop here and start questioning mm. the notion of victims and who are these people and why they are doing it. Mm. Not by justifying what they are doing, but challenging what you are doing as the yeah. powerful on earth today. I mean, we try and, I mean, on Islam Tony and see, I try uh, put conscious effort to maybe not even using some words and having a li I have like a growing list of untranslatables. You know, I put in their deen, uh, I put in their iman, um, things like this, you know, because it's hard when you say iman is faith, then you can you you um, you you cause echoes in the the mind of the reader of faith being something you know a uniquely Christian kind of a notion of you know maybe belief in believing in something without evidence or something that you keep private and don't don't, don't bring into the public uh, domain. Salam guys, me again, reminding you to head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on on Islam21c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. So, so, so sorry, so, so why don't you do exactly mm. what you are doing? I would say that this list of untrans yeah. untranslatable, uh, untranslatable mm. words that you have, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Mm. I say, you know what? These are words and notions that are so rich that you need sometimes to get, to come with me, to go along mm. with me to get the full understanding. So in fact, uh, what we have, you know, the uh, polysemy, what is called multiple meanings mm. of words. This is where you come and say, you know, my language or the reference language of the Quran, Arabic, one word mm. means so many things. Instead of saying, you cannot get it in English, I yeah. say, let me give you all what it means. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, Iman. It's faith, but it's a space of security. Mm. Amen. It's a space of peace. It's a space of reconciliation. So you put all mm. this just to make them understand if you reduce my language to your unique mm. or exclusive definition, you are now mm. not making justice and doing justice to, 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 to my language. So, so it's the other way around. Instead of saying, you cannot get it, I say, okay, or I will invite you. an essay to explain or elaborate. Or not an essay, yeah. just, you know, we need, what, what are you bringing? to Britain. Are you bringing to Britain just words against words? Or are you bringing mm. quietness, time to understand versus quick, fast food, fast, mm. fast. And you are bringing peace. So, so I would say that intellectual challenge is just to ask the people sit mm. down and listen. Professor, but some, we need also to have some of our brothers and yeah. sisters doing this, and that's mm. the problem: is that sometimes we want to be as fast as the others, mm. yeah. and we lo we lose everything on on our way. Mm. The, the narrative is controlled by the powerful in the world today. 
some will argue, and actually uh, it's very convincing, that certain words are purposely left undefined, but they are charged with negative connotations so that they can be used uh, unsparingly un- un- against I, I, the Muslims. I'll add to that as well, that the, the, maybe it's a, a kind of cynical reading, but I do um, uh, wonder sometimes what, who makes the decision and on what, for what reason to translate something as to not translate something. So um, when they talk, when in, in the kind of mainstream media, when they're talking about the, the uh, creator that Muslims believe in and worship, they'll say Allah. They won't say God. Kind of make, maybe making, a, make, uh, making it sound foreign. They'll talk about jihad. They won't talk about the, uh, with, the meaning with intended. With subjective interpretations, yeah. depending on the context. Um, I mean, and even, even like exa- examples of groups, I was wondering, you know. Yeah, like why do they say Islamic State for Daesh, but they'll say Al-Shabaab, or they'll say Hamas. You know, they won't translate yeah. the meanings of... Yeah. And, and know, certain uh, thinkers uh, aren't called uh, terrorists, they're called radicals. Yeah. Uh, groups would be called terrorists. Yeah, rad- radical used to be a good thing. It, Exactly. Yeah, your book was radical reform, you know. But now, but after that, that's even it's a, it's a yeah. very good notion. Anyway, in in uh, <laughs> in the time of uh, the Prophet Sallallahu <laughs> we know that the Quraysh uh, disputed as to what they should call the Prophet Sallallahu uh, Interestingly, they settled on the word sahir, and they said, "Hada sahru mubin." This is clear magic, and uh, many of the scholars of Tafsir will say to you, "This is oxymoronic. You can't have clear magic because magic, by its definition," is obscure. So uh, the analogy of today is that we have become victim of obscure terms. The term extremism. What does it mean? Oh, you're just an extremist. Fine. We're in a position these days where we can't deny it. So so what I'm saying, uh, Professor, is we need to uh, define these words ourselves and and, uh, demand a definition for these words before they are used so loosely. Surely, I, I I agree with this, and I, and I think that uh, you know uh, we need linguistic mujahid. <laughs> get it, get it. Well, That's first, important. first, we need to define jihad, and then no, no, <laughs> we agree on the fact that jihad has nothing to do with spreading war. It's really about spreading justice and dignity for human being, and it's resistance and reform. This is the double movement of jihad. Linguistic mujahid means what? Means that, I'm sorry, I look at you, you are young British Muslims and Muslim British. That's the job now of the new generations of people who are born and raised in this country. To come back to the terminology that they find in the Quran, the words that they find in our tradition, in the hadith and everything, and now to come with a powerful discourse from within and mm-hmm. say, look, the way you define jihad is wrong. This is the definition. The way you define this, the way you defend that. We come with our own terminology. If you start by saying the narrative is set by the powerful and you end the discussion here, <coughs> that's not exactly right. The narrative, you know, in our history, the narrative is imposed by the powerful but could be decided by the resistant. So are you? So we need to get with this. This is the word that we mm. have to do. I'm sorry, the new generations of all this that you know, we have a generation of Muslims who have so you know, PhDs and and masters, and now they are visible in the society. You come and you ask them, 
about who they are. Mm. They are linguistically colonized mm. by mm. the by the dominant narrative. Yeah. That's double colonization. You know, you don't know yourself, and you speak about yourself with the the words of the others. So it's a double alienation. Mm. I, I had actually, I was intending on asking you about the the metaphysical colonization of of our minds and how this has affected the the Muslims in the West. Uh, primarily because we have looked at the West, we've seen that they are very powerful militarily, and physically. We've seen that they have uh, very great working systems. So we have derived, and it's probably an illogical der- derivation, mm. that they are morally correct as well, because they are they are physically strong, and they uh, have working systems, and they are academically strong as well. That means, by their definition, they must be on the moral uh, high ground. Mm. So that then our the Muslims unfortunately have started also to aspire mm. to resemble them morally. When we have the the greatest moral system in, on the earth, even if physically or academically we have fallen behind, I'm I'm not sure that all. The, if you travel around the world, in the global south, for example, where you know you have the Muslim majority countries, wherever, I'm not sure that the Muslims or even the you know the oppressed or the people in the global south mm. uh, have this impression that the economic superiority or you know the scientific superiority mean. Uh, moral superiority. I don't think so. I think even the because opposite. Because they maybe they 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 suffer the consequences. Yeah, but I, I would say that it's. I, I I would say that if I listen to the people at the grassroots level mm. and even at the intellectuals, they would say the opposite. You say yeah, mm. they might be scientifically superior or politically superior or economically superior, but morally they are lost. It's just yeah. decadence. And this is very often what the Muslim would say about the West. I'm sorry to tell you something. Is that if you look at the situation in the Muslim majority countries, morally speaking, we are not at mm-hmm. the best for the time being. So ec- instead of having this competition on the moral ground, I would say <laughs> who is worse and why they are succeeding. Mm-hmm. There is something which is clear. There is something which is clear that if you are obsessed with economic growth and political power and superiority, whatever Mm. the cost, and they can kill innocent people, of course, it's immoral. And you can be successful and immoral at the same time. Mm. For us, success without morality is not success. It's to be lost. Mm. So we need to reconcile our understanding of... uh, moral ground with what do we mean by mm. being successful so I, I my understanding of our relationship with the west from within as western muslims mm. or from outside as you know muslims in the global south is based on something that i kept on repeating we reject the west but we like the west at the same time there is something in us which is an in internal contradiction. Mm. We don't like them, but still we like many things that are coming from them. And we have to clear our mind. What well, do we want? Some would go so far to say we are them. We are part of the West. But we are. Yeah. But this is where we need to clarify our mind by saying, which part of this West 
I'm taking and saying, that's me. Everything which has to do with, you know, justice and, and freedom and, mm. uh, and, and, you know, improvement, you know, scientific improvement, this is mine. But when it comes to uh, trying to uh, get an, an understanding of uh, uh, how do we have to reform, morally speaking, our society, this is where we have to be much more self-critical, look at ourselves and not compare mm. ourselves with the worst just to think that we are good or to think that they are good because yeah. they are superior on the economic mm. ground. We, we need to clarify you know, the parameters mm. on which we are we dealing judgments. with. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, professor, um, maybe we should have started with a better no. introduction of yourself, <laughs> to be honest. You, you are the, tawarakallah, the professor of uh, contemporary and Islamic studies at Oxford University, although you are taking a short uh, law um, director of the Research Center of Islamic Legislation and Ethics, a long list, mashallah, of institutions and universities and research centers that you had, uh, which I couldn't mention all of them, to be honest, because of time. But uh, fascinatingly, for a number of years, you have been considered one of the top 100 influential thinkers in the world. And this is not just Islamic thinkers, I think this is across, across the board. Uh, maybe a comment on this, uh, Professor Ramadan, but uh, in light of all of these achievements, Allah, who you are as an icon, you are followed by masses of individuals. L let us maybe shed light on the saga that you have just experienced, mm. the difficulties you've just been through, uh, and you have become a victim of the Me Too movement and suffered a great deal as a result and made certain uh, admissions and confessions. Uh, obviously, our, our spectators are definitely expecting us to bring the subject up. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and, and this is also part of, you know, as much as all what I wrote was bringing, you know, some light and teachings to the readers, my own life is like a book where you will get some teachings and lessons out of this. And, and I would say I'm a Western Muslim and I've faced mm -hmm. challenges and, uh, you know, when the people think that I have been punished, it's exactly the opposite. What is perceived from outside as a punishment was a call back to the essential. Just come. Come back. That's mm -hmm. time now that you have to come back to the essential. And when I was in jail, this is exactly the way I experienced mm -hmm. that. How long were you in jail for? For almost 10 months. Oh, no. And I was isolated, nobody, and, and I had time to mm -hmm. think about, you know, what I did. And at the end of, you know, at the end of the day, there is something here that we have to remind the Muslims. Yes, you know, they want to uh, destroy my reputation and tainted everything about me. But that's not the point. The point is, between God and myself... Allah brought me back and said, okay, now you have to check your life and to check and, and to try to, to, to get it right. And what is perceived as a punishment was a blessing. And every day, every day while I was in jail, I was thanking him for that. That just, I was just asking myself, what if? I would have died the way I was. What if? So 
it's a blessing calling me back and come back to your heart come back to and we need to get this right for all the muslims who are very very quick they want to know mm. about your private life say there is something allah who is sattar is sitr is protect your brother mm. just mm. i i made wrong and maybe you but the question is not the competition of bad it's well, just mutual protection were you disappointed professor by some of course i was you know I, i i understood that some were disappointed and i had lots of respect and understanding i just apologize even to to many who say i i, I apologize i'm sorry were, were you disappointed in their reaction uh, being your your friends and your comrades and being your fellow research uh, students and teachers and so on uh, what did you expect from the ummah to do uh, when this news came out um, and uh, what assumptions and did you expect them to have about you so just for the the benefit of the people who haven't been following um your your ordeal you were accused i think in 2017 um of um sexual harassment or rape i think it was rape, yeah. um by a few individuals and you you um vociferously denied uh, the charges and you argued for your own innocence you um and you, you in fact went to france yourself on your own accord to to um answer any questions that the 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 police uh, had and investigators and despite that despite you going there they they um locked you up without uh trial for many months right while while an investigation was going on and recently the investigation has cleared you of all any crimes being committed is that correct yeah the the investigations coming from the 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 criminal brigade as they call it okay. in France it's like the, the prosecution service exactly it's the yeah. police is searching and investigating all the, the new facts and and mm-hmm. evidence are just showing that there is nothing and that they mm-hmm. lied and everything but still the judges are s- you know because it's not <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not a moral case it's a political mm-hmm. setup and and it's clear now that they are just trying to add because they know that there is nothing even my lawyer is saying there is mm-hmm. Ramadan safar is over So that's that's the point. Mm. I know that it's political, but there are many levels and I I wrote a book about the story and I I tackled all the level. The first and the most important mm. one, the one will remain the one which will remain is the one which has to do with the spiritual dimension. The teaching mm. here is that what happened. And I wrote about it because I wanted it to be a, a lesson for myself because it was a healing process. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 all about shifa, and shifa in Arabic is not only your body; it's everything. In the Quran, shifa mm-hmm. it has to do with something which is helping you to get health, and health is a holistic concept in Islam. And what I went through was to come back to the holistic dimension: my heart, mm-hmm. my relationship with Allah, my relationship with my own family, and you know the the the, the signals and the signs that you can get that uh, Allah loves you or still is here with you and mm. protecting you is by the reaction of those lo- you love my wife and my children the way they were with me and the way that they were so close to me just was something which was a sign that Allah mm. was close by making them close and my mother I was in touch with her uh, every day after two months where we were cut So this is the first level and then mm. there is there are other lessons which has to do with the the prison system mm-hmm. and this structural racism 
that we have, not only in France, by the way, you have it in the States, but you have it in Britain, you have it in Europe. This is before anything was established against Europe, to make it clear. So nothing was established despite that you suffered so a great nothing, deal. But they know that. And, and you suffered a great deal in solitary confinement and in your court proceedings. Yeah. C- and can and you tell us uh, some of what you went through? So, 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 so the point here is that what I just I wanted to finish about the, the, the third teaching for, for us is beyond the, the prison system <coughs> is the discussion that we had just before about our involvement in this society, in which way are we going to be an added value? Mm. So I would say that part of the added value that I can bring to this society is to write a book about, look, this is what is going on now in this society and, and just unacceptable. So, mm. so this is the overall teaching. Now, what I, I, I experience uh, within uh, in prison is first there is something which is called presumption of innocence. Mm. And, you know, after I went out of jail, I, I, I met here in the suburbs, in France, because here we are in Paris, but we're in the, the Paris suburb here. And I met a guy who told me, you know what, when you are an Arab, when you are a Muslim, when you enter the police station, you are already Presumed uh, guilty. guilty. Yes. Mm. But when you are white and rich, you enter, and you, ent- you, you go out mm. of it, and you are innocent. And this is what I experienced. I, I went to the police and, and straight away, I, I, it was as if I was talking to the media because the media were connected to this guy who was asking me questions and straight <coughs> away it was outside. Mm-hmm. And so you say, okay, what's that? So I knew from the very beginning that I was a target. Why? Because, in <coughs> fact, not because I'm, I'm calling for jihad or let's put it that way. I'm calling for political an intellectual and a liberating jihad of all the oppression in our in this society, which is a peaceful jihad for justice. And I, I was targeted for that. That was quite mm. clear for me. So the way they treated me the first two days, and then when I was in jail, you know, I was sick. Even the 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 the, the doctor in the first prison when I went he, he said, that's not possible, you cannot stay here because mm. it was degrading and, 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 and everything was bad. But I was unable to walk, I was, I, I was falling and, and I had headaches. And mm-hmm. So, so it, was, it was very difficult and he said, this is not compatible with imprisonment. But his name was Farid. <laughs> Farid helping Tara. The doctor. Mm. Yeah, the doctor was Farid. Mm. So, so the lawyer of, of one of the, 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 the women say, who is this Farid saying that you, it's in not compatible with prison? So they left me in by having someone, having a racist statement mm. during the court just to dismiss the point of a doctor because this doctor was an Arab and a Muslim, helping a Muslim. Mm. And it was like this at many levels with the judges not listening even, you know, all what we were saying, you, you, what you mentioned about the, the criminal uh, brigade or squad and, and the investigators. They are, they, they are themselves, men, they, they had a mandate from the judges to go for these investigations mm. and they end up saying the women are lying. And the they judges said that? Don't, yes, they, that, they I mean, are lying because we have facts now and the mm. judges, they don't want to listen. So, so the system has been politicized. It's it's a political affair. It's not. This it's is why amazing. We've been convinced that in the West this doesn't happen. 
<laughs> you are kidding. It's everywhere. And I and I, I you know I compare the political climate in France today with Islam, with what happened at the time of Dreyfus mm. in France, where anti-Semitism was everywhere, and you had a very important French writer called Emile Zola, who said, uh, I accuse, he wrote an article saying, you are putting or condemning Dreyfus, not because he is guilty, but because he is Jew. Mm. And I tell him, this climate that we had at that time, the end of the 19th century, it's exactly the, 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 you know, the way you are treating me has nothing to do with facts, and mm. evidence. It has to do with the fact that you are dealing with one who you consider as a Muslim mm. leader. Mm. And, and, and just one thing that uh -huh. I have to add to this is in May 2018, I met with somebody working uh, with the, the French intelligence. And he met me in 2018, one year before this mm -hmm. story started. And he told me, we know what you are doing. You are now, because I asked for the French nationality, mm. I asked for the French uh, passport. When the French president was saying, there is no way now someone can have two nationalities. Mm -hmm. He was not talking about being Swiss and French. He was talking about being Algerian and French, mm. Moroccan and mm. French, you know, coming from the South. For them, it would have been quite difficult to deal with me because I'm Swiss. So I'm asking for a second nationality. What are you going to do with me now? You, <laughs> might, you might be quite a staunch competitor in the presidential elections as well. And look, <laughs> the first one who told me this when I went on a mainstream uh, interview on TV, he said, why do you want to become French? Are you running for presidency? See, oh, yani he gave you the idea. You weren't thinking about it. Did so they say it uh, seriously <laughs> or no, as, as mocking or sarcastically? Because the perception is they were scared of me being involved. Mm -hmm. So when I met with this guy from the French intelligence, he told me, you want to take the nationality. You are now setting an institute to train the people in France. You have a French platform with all the leaders from the country. And third, you are looking for a big uh, venue to be able to give your lecture, because the problem mm. is that this is the only country in the world when I cannot give a lecture. You know, I have not been in any French university for the last 15 years. It's impossible, I cannot. So really? in, in the, in the UK, because, because, because I am a terrorist, because it's very, I'm dangerous. <laughs> so the point here is that do you have this intelligence uh, telling me this one year before, mm. And some of the intellectuals saying, oh, something is going to happen to Tariq Ramadan. So, so I knew that something was around, that uh, I was targeted. Mm. And this is what happened. Now, my position, now coming back to this, is Alhamdulillah. And I have to thank Allah for bringing me back to the essence of the message. So, mm. and you know, from when I enter, that's the starting point of everything. Translation I, I, uh, for the verse. Uh, so so uh, it might detest something mm -hmm. and it's good for you. Mm -hmm. And it is, this was always, always here mm -hmm. in my mind, in my heart and everything. So the spiritual dimension is something that mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm dealing with it now and it has been a, a long and very fruitful journey for me from within 
and then that's something that it's also part of the teachings that we are talking about but there is another one and the other one is get ready because if they start with ramadan because he's visible they can mm. do this with everyone this is despite mm. your da'wah according to some being quite um let's friendly, say friendly friendly, friendly and acceptable fronts yeah let, let alone those who really want to come up with something that sounds a lot more uh, radical or or maybe in a short shorter period of time but but uh, professor maybe that is why he's uh, the professor is a target so somebody but who is openly kind of saying you know we want we don't want to engage in the system we we mm-hmm. hate france and they, they called um, you in the past no, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing i think <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. but be clear on you 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 have to be clear on the way you define and you understand my my work i'm not friendly i'm not mm-hmm. i'm strict on principles and open to humanity mm-hmm. it's not to be friendly mm-hmm. So so be careful. You have people who are very harsh with words mm. and completely lost with vision. You need to have a vision here. I'm friendly with the good, I'm harsh with the bad. Mm-hmm. You have to be clear on with whom you you so so this you know way of thinking that oh I was very nice with the West. I was not. I was very, very harsh with everything in the West, but not only in the West, in the Muslim-majority countries, which was wrong as to our principles. So it's not about being nice or, or, or good mm. or bad mm-hmm. and harsh. It's about how much do you stick to principles and you are ready to be vocal. And to be vocal means kalimatu haq. So that's the point, is... Imam al-Sultan al-Jair, it's whoever you face, Muslims or people of so other a faiths. word of truth in front of a tyrant exactly, ruler. Yeah. So going back to um, when you actually heard um, the allegations against you, you presumably you saw it on, on the media. Um, how did you feel when you, when you first heard about those allegations? In, in, Is it something that you weren't surprised with because you thought something was coming, some kind of a smear campaign or attack was coming? No, I, I was expecting something to come. Mm. I was not se- expecting something like this. I was, you know, a, a, a brother called me and say, you know, you're accused of rape. Say, sorry, mm. that's not going to work. That's impossible. And I didn't take it seriously at the very beginning. So, okay, it's going to. And then straight away, in within two hours, six journalists at least called me. And then I understood that something was going. Mm. But then for two months, while um, you know they started the investigations and I kept quiet. Mm-hmm. I said I'm not going to talk to journalists. They call me. I, I don't know more than thirty or I don't know how many call me that they want to, to interview me. I said no, I'm not going to speak. I am only going to speak to the police and to the judges if there are judges. Uh, and I kept quiet. In fact, today I'm told by people you should have mm-hmm. said something at that time. I don't think it. I, I think silence. Uh, was a good uh, uh, strategy. strategy, and in fact, whatever would have mean, you know, my position, and we should not say Lao. No, and if I took other, yeah. So, so, uh, <coughs> in fact, they had in mind to yeah. put me in jail. 
Mm. When I entered the, the police station, I, I, I understood that. So at the end of the day, I, I mm. didn't take this seriously. Mm. It was so... Absurd. You know, it's, it seems your reputation, Professor, was uh, the targets from the beginning. Yeah. And uh, ironically, it came at the same time that the rift between the Gulf states happened uh, on the back of uh, Qatar's funding, maybe mm. of the Muslim Brotherhood and, and their support. So I was following some of the Arabic media and I found some elements of the Arabic media on the other side of that rift quite uh, happy and uh, gloating at, uh, uh, at the that fact... That's exactly what been happened. And, and maybe, maybe they had a hand or they had uh, a role to play in uh, taking part in the defamation. Or maybe would you take it to an extent further and say that they may have even uh, given money to organizations or individuals to spur the story further? Look, what we have in the file today is two countries where two of the girls were connected to two countries in the region that were involved in the whole thing. And they were mm. talking about money. They were talking about... Uh, so everything was translated, by the way, in, in, in uh, the Emirates and, and uh, also in, um, in, um, in Egypt. In Egypt, Egypt. They, were, they had talk shows about me. It's very happy, mm. you know, the grandson of... And then this is what he's doing. And, and, and covering exactly, you know, the French media were translated the way they were, with no critical take, with no, you know, nuances, just translation and just to add and to add mm. and to add. So what you are saying is quite clear that they, they, there was a political, you know, instrumentalization mm. of this in, in uh, the region, in the Muslim-majority countries, just to target you know, some of the uh, opposing uh, political forces by saying, oh, they're all corrupt and immoral. Look at him. He's the symbol of that in in the West. So, so yes. Because there was a concerted effort to prescribe the Muslim Brotherhood in Europe and in the US. And and saying saying that he's, you know, the... The the grandson of the founder. Not only this, he is, Mm. you know, the the, the one who is the leader of the movement in Europe. This was what (laughs) this was. Just because of your lineage. uh, So you're the leader of the the Muslim Brotherhood in Europe? I'm not, and they know that. (laughs) It's just a political game on this. Mm. But let us be serious about Mm. that and say, okay, if you know this, and, you know, it seems that I'm dealing with two young Mm. British Muslims, uh, understanding the political game here. If you know this, you understand that in <coughs> not only in, in, in France, but in Europe and in the States, you see political forces who are instrumentalizing the whole story. One of the main objectives is to cut me from the grassroots and say, mm. that's not your leader. That's not your... He cannot represent, look, he's mm. immoral and, and he's bad and so on and so forth. That's fine. What you could expect from the Muslims, being a bit educated, understanding the political equation, is not to fall into the trap. In the, in the name of your morality as Muslims, to be politically trapped as citizens, mm-hmm. you have to get that right. So they are using, you know, I never saw the French politicians loving the Islamic morality as they were in my (laughs) case. They liked it so much. Say, oh, you are immoral, Islamically speaking. Mm -hmm. 
And the Muslim, some of them, some of the leaders, falling into that trap, and in the name of Islamic morality, taking a stand which is against mm. the Islamic morality, because mm. nothing in the Islamic morality no, could no, just no. justify you mm. judging your brother that no, way. And interestingly, beforehand, they were attacking the hudud that are put in place to stop uh, such actions. So, so to stop uh, uh, false testimony uh, and that kind everything. of stuff. Everything. No. So, so, so you have yeah, this. On the, other, on the other side, you can... So the political game is to play with the Islamic morality against the Islamic mm. uh, uh, moral standards, <coughs> to use this again. So in the name of Islamic morality, the Muslims were neutralized, religiously speaking. Mm. And it happened exactly the same on the, re- mm. the, the political ground. They say, oh, don't speak about the political. No, 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 it has nothing to do with the political setup. And you have some of the leaders, with all what I, we said about you know, the evidence are just showing that I'm, I'm innocent, some of the leaders, Muslims, say, we have to wait for innoc- his innocence to be... Uh, mm. set and C- to established be, to be established yeah. how yeah. come you can't speak how come you don't understand so, so, so you have morally neutralized politically neutralized at the end of the day you are nothing in the society keep quiet and so disappear this is what is happening do you think the Muslims fell for that trick then by and large or no, did you the leaders the leaders because when I'm walking in the streets Mm-hmm. And I'm meeting with average Muslims. I say, well, we know what is happening. We are not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, we, 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 we got it. So the great majority at the grassroots level are not even following some of the leaders because some of the leaders are going through political calculation mm-hmm. in moral disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is just, we, we spoke about morality, but in fact, we are politically trying to be accepted by the authority. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. You know, for the last 30 years, I have been teaching for some of these people. And I just realized, getting out of prison, that they didn't get the message. They didn't. Mm. They invited me to speak, but they were not listening to what I was saying. Mm. Because I was saying exactly the opposite. Mm. Because in the name of Islamic morality, you help your brother, you forgive your brother, and you stand up for justice against the oppressors. That's what you have to do. If you don't do this, you are playing with the Islamic morality mm-hmm. in the name of political calculation. I mean, they have attacked you uh, uh, due to your lineage to the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, even though the Muslim Brotherhood were the first organization to realize a true democratic experiment in their own countries. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, another irony in, uh, in the way they I have. Mean, uh, but is it an accusation to be part of the Muslim Brotherhood? This is the way they put it. Mm. Let me be clear on this, because even some Muslims don't get this. <laughs> uh, you know, I pr- I'm proud of my grandfather. I'm mm. proud of what he did and what he achieved. And you will never, never hear something from me against you know his spiritual teaching, his social commitment, and what he did in his life. Now, so your grandfather was Hassan al-Banna, Hassan al-Banna the founder of the Muslim world. Yeah. Does it mean that I agree with everything he said <coughs> or did? No. Because he was in a specific context, in a specific society. I'm not dealing with the same challenges. He gave mm. answers for his time. I have other answers for my time. And who taught me this? Himself 
following whom the prophet so that's the point find your answers for your time so i may disagree on some of the answers mm -hmm. i may disagree on the structure of even the organization very hierarchical and the way the decisions were that's my position and and i was not a member mm -hmm. but i would never in the name of some disagreements just uh, demonize his contribution and his legacy that's not going to happen this is what they wanted me to do in order to be accepted reject mm -hmm. him mm. it will never happen because i'm rely on principles and what he what did. do they want do they want you instead to support the tyrannical monarchies who have put them in jail and Exactly. And what them. they what they want is to give up with the Islamic principles and just to uh, sell out everything which is you know the center of. Uh, in fact, if you are uh, being able to deal, or you, if you accept to deal with or to deal with them in their terms, mm. you are going to be accepted. If you say no, that's not the way. So, for example, say look. My grandfather, rahimahullah, said to the British, if you don't get out of this country, which is not your country, the people are going to stand up against you. Mm. Oh yes, I'm proud of him. Mm. Saying this to the British. Saying this with no weapon. He never used a weapon. I'm proud of him saying, you don't use weapon in Egypt. But if you go to Palestine and you have to resist this extremist Zionist that are coming, Stern, and uh, these people are coming, and uh, uh, Irgun coming to kill, you have to resist and say, you are and you will be the people resisting mm. in the name of Palestine. Oh yes, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of somebody who said this and saying this in the name of what? My understanding of La ilaha illallah is freedom for us and freedom for you. But if it means for you that it's freedom for you at the price of our freedom, you will find us and you find him. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just on mm. this. I'm just, my spiritual life is based on <coughs> this. It's, mm. it's this. Now, this is a point where uh, I respect and I support now as to the organization as to being a member I'm not mm. now to expect from me to say about the Muslim Brotherhood what they are not are they extremists that's wrong are they legalists they are legalists are they spreading violence it never happened I may disagree with some of the positions that they mm. took, you know, in what we called the uh, Arab uh, spring. Uh, spring, which I did, I never called Arab Spring. For me, it was a mistake of appreciation and evaluation of what happened. This was my position. I think they made big political mistakes. That's my position. But at the end, could I support mm. the coup d'etat? Could I support the army because they made political mistakes and they were not dealing with the, size, the society? And you know what? I, I, I may surprise you, but for me, the first political mistake they made is just to be involved in the presidential election. And I mm. wrote this. You are going to win, which means you are going to lose. I wrote it. This was my statement. To win will be to lose. 
Did you feel that the environment wasn't uh, ready for, for their presence? Not even only if it's, I'm even sorry, if it's democratic. I'm sorry to tell you the truth. The environment was not ready. They were not ready themselves. That's my, my position. But this is a political, you know, this is a political interpretation. This is mm. a political understanding. We may disagree. <coughs> but now, to expect from me, with these, you know, political disagreements, yeah. To, to, to say about them that they are extremists. They wanted you to sell them out, basically. But no, it will never yeah. happen because I think that we have to be just with, you know, uh, I may disagree with some of the political decisions made by uh, uh, Muhammad Morsi, rahimahullah. But he was mukhlis. He was Shana. sincere. He was honest. And he was trying to serve. Mm -hmm. And no one will find me say something else about him. As I would say that Sisi today is a dictator, he's a corrupt, and we have to resist anything which mm -hmm. is coming from him. So, Sheikh, going back to um, Ahmed's question, we, we were talking about um, the what you you regarded as the, those Muslim leaders kind of um, falling for the trap and um, kind of turning their back uh, on their brother in this time of need. Do you think any? Um, did, did you did you feel that across the board, or whether? Are there some instances of people giving you solidarity and you 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 feeling that? Because I mean, I've seen a few. Uh, I mean, in UK and in USA, uh, I saw Sheikh Yasser Qadi, for example, deliver quite a, an impassioned speech at one of the conferences, saying, "Literally, shame on you! You know, you invite him, um, and in his time of need, you know, nobody is speaking out for him. Nobody's. Did you did that? Did that message, that talk, reach you? And how did it yes. make you feel if it did? When it did." I Assalamualaikum guys, last reminder I promise, head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. Yes, of course, I, I, got, I got voices around mm. the world in the UK, you know, I have some voices, mm. <laughs> and that was one of them. Barakallahi and 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 your movement to tell you mm -hmm. the truth, all what you represent, and this happened also in the in, in the mm -hmm. states, uh, in other Western uh, countries mm -hmm. where, you know, some were vocal and some of the academics around the world were also vocal mm -hmm. Muslims and people of other faiths, but uh, Muslims were, mm -hmm. so we had you know support and and that was also very important for the mm. people who were supporting my family while while i was in jail that's that was not easy but mm. i got this now you have some you know trends to tell you the truth which is really strange that uh, among the what we call the salafi trend mm. many were supportive <laughs> and on the other side of the spectrum, you have some Sufi yeah. <laughs> who are supportive. Yeah. I'm talking about the Sufi who are traditionalists, not the yeah. Sufi without Islam. I'm talking about the <laughs> real, uh, the real trends and, and the serious. Mm. Where and in between, you had people who were dealing with political, you know, as I said, calculation and issues, and who. You know, some yeah. fell into the mm. trap and 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 were not here. So. Recently, over the last, because I I came back with the book and and 
you know, f- after two years of silence, mm. I came back and to be vocal, I had something to say. I cannot just let the people speak on my behalf or, or, or say whatever mm. they want to say. So I came and I, I said, okay, I will have one uh, media appearance on mainstream TV media in France. Yeah. And I did. And I did one within the Muslim community. And what was very surprising is the reaction of some of the leaders who thought I was dead or thought that I was not going to come mm. back because I was, you know, the, the seat or the perception that the empty seat was, you know, for them. And, mm. and, and some of them were even speaking like this, that, you know, we don't need him anymore and that shame mm-hmm. on him. Why is he, he should just leave and disappear and, and take care uh, of himself but in ways where which was not so respectful mm. i decided not to respond to this my only answer is silence is uh, is peace and mm. i hope for you the best as for me I, I i the only thing which remains for me is in my relationship with allah and my brothers and mm. sisters in humanity and in islam is to serve the message so so mm. the the you know Everything has, everything as for my future will be mm. will be dealing with this and only this. I mean, it's very easy to underestimate the power or the importance of solidarity and unity amongst Muslims from different backgrounds, different schools of thoughts and and movements and so forth. And just it's easy to underestimate the the strength that you can get just by giving moral support to someone. I remember when you know Rabbani from Cage, he was arrested and he went through his kind of ordeal. He refused to give pass, uh, passwords for some um, client privileged client information, a torture victim, subhanAllah. And as a result, he was convicted and got a terrorism charge. I remember Sheikh Haytham then, he, in a meeting, he said, you know, don't underestimate the, um, the impact just giving moral support has on your brother. Because he said, even the Prophet, وسلم, Allah gave him moral support. You know, mm. you know that the Prophet Sallallahu is being told, "You're not a madman. Mm. You're in fact on the highest, you know, standard of character." Allah is giving him that moral support. So if that's the Prophet Sallallahu you know, he receives but that. It's, um, it's 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 everywhere. When you you get this from the Prophet Sallallahu you get this also mm. from the very beginning when he came back home and his wife Khadija was here and supporting yeah, him. Saying, you are you are you are, you are great. So you cannot be uh, 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 misled in the whole mm. thing. And I think that's that's very true. You know, mm. even even when you know I I went out of jail and I, I you know some mm. of the people you know you're talking about Sheikh uh, but the people I, I mm. you know it's one word one presence and when I was in jail, you cannot just imagine the the impact of some of the letters I got even though they took from me four months, my letters disappeared for four months, but still I got letters and I I, I had people. One of them, I didn't even know him. He he wrote uh, a letter per day, and it was it was two or three sentences, but it was there, and mm. and and I I didn't get all of them, but I got mm. a lot of them, and these words of support are, are so important, solidarity, and 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 and, and helping your brother to show mm. uh, solidarity and mercy and presence and 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 forgiveness mm. and and. I would say, you know, do this and keep quiet. Mm. Keep mm. quiet. Just 
stop talking mm. about all everything else and instead of you know just trying to justify yourself and and and, and try to get mm. more than what you need to know about you know at the end of the day it's between your brother and Allah it's not so so in the bad ithmis husnadhan is the best attitude is the positive you know mm. uh, 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 the positive doubt even that you yeah. can have about somebody and it's a teaching i think that uh, you know i'm mm. not the same i'm not the same i change a lot through this experience and i think that even my teachings are going to mm. to change and 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 be transformed by this do you this, think you've been radicalized? Hmm? <laughs> Do you think you've been radicalized against uh, the it's uh, <laughs> e- even more kind of a radical mercy, yeah. <laughs> mercifully radicalized? All of these experiences, uh, Professor Ramadan, have obviously shaped your character, as you've just mentioned, uh, and they would be massively beneficial for the celebrity uh, da'wah scene, which we're seeing today, where you can give a half-baked khutbah. And then you come out and you've got 15 marriage proposals and you're, mar- and you're, you're invited to the International Conference on Climate Change. And goes, uh, does a lot of khutbahs, mashallah. <laughs> but in this environment where it's so easy to become famous, yeah. uh, obviously for you, you've, you've put in a lot of hard work, but f- for us it's very easy. You, give, you can give a, a lecture or two on, on social media so and suddenly uh, all the lights are at you. Everybody's speaking of your praises. What advice would you give to these youth who are enjoying the, the limelight and who haven't experienced these deve- de- developmental challenges which you have experienced? I, I think that, once again, that, that's a, 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 an essential question. Because at the end of the day, is the very understanding of what Tawheed means in your life. And if you deal with Tawheed, you have to deal with your ego. With your mm. ego. Mm. And uh, at the end, there is... You know, my uh, in his way to being killed at the time of uh, uh, the Egyptian, uh, uh, you know, uh, awakening, and uh, the, the my nephew was on his way of being killed, and he didn't know that. But and. He was killed on, uh, 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 you know, it's Rabah. It's all the sitting mm. and everything. He was there, no, and on his Allah. way there, while he didn't know that, he was repeating to the one who was with him, "We have to renew our intention. Why are we going there? Are we going there to be with the people, or are we going there to serve Allah's message?" And renewed intention, mm-hmm. it's important. And I think to anyone who at one point you just stop, st- start talking, people are looking mm-hmm. at you and you become a name and a figure, you have to reassess this. You have to renew your intention. Say, okay, who am I serving? Who am I trying to please? Mm-hmm. You or him? Mm-hmm. Allah or the people? And, and also something that I, I think it's important you you know there is this dua saying Allahumma uh, ala anfusina just give us victory on our own self mm-hmm. uh, that's an essential point but you should avoid arrogance by thinking that you can do this on your own you need mm-hmm. him Allah but you need your beloved people around you your wife your parents your children the way you are surrounded the the 
you know, the, the, the saying, which is true. Tell me who are your friends, <coughs> I will tell you who you are. Tell me who are your brothers, who are the people around you. And it, it took me this experience to just get it right, that I was not surrounded by some of the good people and the right people, then they are not there. So by bringing me back, Allah was also sending a message, come back to me, renew your intention, check your brothers and sisters around you and let them protect you from your own self. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is, this is the way we have to, to try to deal with this because it's tricky. Mm-hmm. And, and you, know, you know, when you think that you serve the message and at the same time you don't do what is right with your own self, that's uh, that. This is why you understand that the shaitan shafal that uh, the the this is working on you mm. from within, mm. and, and you have to check. So this is al muraqaba al mustamira, which is the way you deal with your own self, a self mm. uh, assessment of your own uh, spiritual journey. Well, zakla khair for all your time. I'm very wary and conscious of the the time that's just flown no, by. It was a pleasure. Um, I really jazakallah khairan for for your time and jazakallah khairan professor Ahmed Ahmed appreciates it too. Thank you, Salman. Um, I had to I got 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 to practice a bit of my French. Uh, alhamdulillah, merci bien. Uh, bien. Sofia. Bien. Sofia, plaisir. Sofia, plaisir. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, jazakallah khairan everyone for uh, watching as well. You at home. Uh, if you liked it, uh, please give it a like and a share. Um, give give us some comments, uh, feedback, and join the conversation in the comment section below. Just a uh, another um, reminder that we're all on all of the podcast platforms, hopefully now, inshallah. So wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe to Islam Twenty Two and see there as well. Um, that's it for me. I've been your uh, host, Salman Butt. This is uh, Ahmed Hamula, co-host, and we've been with our uh, gracious host, uh, Professor Tariq Ramadan. Uh, I'll see you next time, inshallah. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.